Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Tuesday. And speaking of girls that I'll always choose, it's Jax. Hi. I didn't know where you were going with that. I'm trying to change it up. Keep it fresh, you know? I didn't know how you could be speaking of me when speaking of Tuesday. Because I always choose you. That's so beautiful, Turdy. Thank you for that. Yeah, welcome. How's Turdy doing? Such a good question. Such a good question. I'm doing good. It's fucking snowing slash raining. That's exciting. So I'm wearing me snow boots. Turdy, it's a chilly day. It actually had chilly last night. Actually, oh. something kind of crazy happened to me. What? So I heated up some leftover chili. It was in this Tupperware. I put the Tupperware in the microwave, like I've done millions of times. I go, like, uh, wash my face. I get the Tupperware back. I'm eating in bed. And I get in bed, and I put the Tupperware on my lap. And then my lap, like, feels really hot. So I'm like, oh, man, that's weird. I must have, like, heated it really hard. Literally, the entire bottom of the Tupperware had melted. The chili was all over my lap. I guess, like, I... I left it in the microwave for too long. Or just that Tupperware was on its last leg. Like maybe. It was new. It was new. Maybe it's the brand. Ziploc? That's a brand you could trust. I don't know. Or can you? I don't know if you're supposed to heat Tupperware now knowing what we know. About Like what? plastics. I just. One thing about me is I, I will never remember what can and can't I, go in the microwave. Yeah, but like. What I've learned recently is that like plastic shouldn't get really hot because it mm. could like get into your stuff. So just well, I definitely ate some plastic. Transfer to a bowl. Oh, so much work. Might as well just order in, you know? Yeah. But not when you have chili on a chilly day. I know it was actually really nice. Ben is away for work. And the night before he left, he like made a pot of chili and left it in the fridge for me. So I've had chili two nights in a row. That's a good but husband. Then, yeah, but then I had to throw it out last night, the whole thing, because there was plastic in it. That's your fault. Yeah, you know, I'm not blaming Ben. I want to, but I won't. But you really can't. Like he literally went away for work. So he left you a, ch a fridge full of chili. He's like a, a homemaker. <laughs> no, it was so thoughtful. We like we had chili the night before he left. And there was like, a, so it wasn't like he just made it for me, like meal prep. But I like to think there was some thought there, you know? I th Even though knowing Ben, there was no thought there. He just no. wanted chili and happened to be leaving the next day. When you yeah. say it the way that you said it, he's leaving town. He made a chili the night before and left it for me in the fridge. Like husband of the year. No, I'm romanticizing my life. <laughs> <laughs> and when you add on top of that, he's leaving town. A snowstorm is coming so he made a chili the night before and left it for me in the fridge. Like, 
It's a Hallmark movie in the making. Dirty is living in the notebook. I'm living in the notebook, a hundred percent. Yeah, no, it didn't really go down like that. But let's but pretend. We, we can dream, and we can give Ben a little credit today. It's so important to romanticize your life. We're actually giving Ben a lot of credit today. I know because what the are good you guys say? are in the press. Oh, well, also, did you watch the episode yet? No, I've seen bits and pieces. And then I was going through stories this morning and organically, I clicked a titillating headline about Hillary Duff. Yeah, so yesterday, the episode with Hillary Duff aired on The Good Guys. They recorded it like a week or two ago. Um, I watched the whole thing. I was entranced. I have so many thoughts on Hillary Duff. And I feel like up until this point, my one interaction with Hillary Duff was my famous story in Atlantis when like I was being a freak following her around the casino and she was like, get away from me. Um, but my God, she is so normal. And I guess I didn't really, I've never sat down and thought like about Hillary Duff's career at a glance, but she's really been at this for so long. Like Lizzie McGuire, another Cinderella story. Cadet younger. Kelly. Cadet Kelly. Like she has so many different eras and she's still now How I Met Your Father, like at the top of her game. And just to hear her be so normal was so, and she said, like, I know that, like, I'm very normal and I know that people actually still like me, which I'm really grateful for. And she was like, I feel like so much of who I am and, like, I credit it just to my family. Like, I grew up in a, nor a really normal house and even when I started making a lot of money as a kid and, like, literally paying the family bills, like, I never got special treatment. Like, I did my chores like everyone else. Like, it was, it didn't tip the balance of the house and I still, like, really grew up a normal kid. Um... And of course, she like had some demons that she spoke about. But I also really respected how like, you know, her and Josh were close. So they were like talking and they would maybe get to a subject that she wasn't comfortable with. And she was so mature about just like setting a personal boundary. She was like, it came up that she was divorced. And Josh was like, what was that like? Like to go through like a divorce very publicly. And she was like, you know, I'm really not going to get into that. But like, it was hard. She was just like really healthy. Like she just seemed so, I don't, normal's not even the right word. Because she was like above normal. She seemed like mentally healthy. Enlightened. Yeah, it was really an amazing interview. And it was also really funny. You know, Josh and Ben are so funny. And I think like Hillary was like, what is going on? And of course, they ended up talking about food like the whole time. Of course. Um, but Hillary's a foodie. That's really cool. It's nice to know that it's possible to be a child star, to be in the industry, to be so successful and to come out the other side, like, you know, in a very normal way. Positive. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely a rarity. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was a really good interview. So if you like Hillary now, you liked her then, like, I think you'll learn a lot. And Ben also asked, like, a question. Like, I know what I would ask if I sat down with Hillary Duff. But Ben was, like, asking, like, different questions. And I was so glad he did because I totally forgot her about her music career. And he was like, your music career was, like, so – and for Ben to know it, like, it really was so big. He was like, Coming Clean is my favorite song. And he was like, would you do that again? And she was like – I love music and I loved that time, but I think she found like going on tour and performing like to be really isolating and really lonely. And she got married and had a kid right after that. Like it was like a response to this like difficult time for her. Um, but I was so glad he asked that. But I also like Ben would never know to ask this, but I really wanted him to ask her if she still makes residuals from Laguna Beach. Just the theme song. The theme song, because it's like now the show got bought by Netflix. Like it's it's like having this resurgence. I've seen everyone watching it and like it's reaching a younger demo. How does it work when your song is the theme song to a show like that? I feel like it would be a one-time payment sort of thing. You think? Kind of like per season. Not, yeah. You know, you're not like 
a cast member who gets residuals when it gets picked up. That's what I would think, but I know nothing. Me neither. So I was, I was really impressed by like Ben's pop culture knowledge because he's not when it, well compared to us. Like that's my level. Um, it was such a good interview, and now they're uploading their episodes uh, in full video on YouTube on Josh Peck's YouTube channel. So I watched it. I was it was so enjoyable. Well, we're going to talk about the episode in the Fast Five Stories because they're making news. The good guys they're are making, making news. news. They're newsmakers. I'm so proud of them. a little more credit to Ben because we still have Pink Lemonade. Yes. On SpritSociety.com slash TSC. Everyone's talking about you, Pink Lemonade. Let me tell you how impressed I was with like the Skinny Confidential community yesterday. Like they bought the shit out of this. Like they are diehard. And I feel like whatever Lauren like kind of gives her stamp of approval on because she's very wellness focused. She doesn't put crap in her body. Crap. On unlike me uh she does give a rip and I don't give a rip yeah, but like she doesn't put crap in her body you do but you guys can both agree on spritz society then diagram then spritz diagram. society is in the middle because it's tasty enough for you and it's healthy enough for Lauren it's tasty as fuck 6.5 percent ABV spritzsociety.com slash TSC it's pink lemonade you can get two four packs uh it's it's some good shit and it's limited edition so it's not gonna be around forever. oh yeah it's not oh, no, like no. it's kind of just like a distant cousin that's visiting the rest of the family but it's not like joining the family and moving in no it's like it's giving eugenie it's giving like foreign exchange student here for a semester did you ever um like have a foreign exchange student in your grade or anything i feel like i can't think of one but i feel like that was something that happened sometimes, but I can't think of them. So I'm going to have to say no. I had one in the eighth grade. He came for a year from Israel and he was really cute. And like, I definitely had a crush on him. And I literally remember this so vividly. In the eighth grade, it, we were in lab and he literally sent me a note. I guess he like heard I had a crush on him and he like sent me a note that was like flirty and it was so gross. Like it was just like, it gave the ick immediately. I don't think I ever spoke to him again. You know who would never do that? Maverick. Maverick. Yeah, I agree. And to go for Maverick in the seventh to this gross exchange student. No, but he was he was not gross. He was really handsome and like everyone really liked him. But I don't know, like he said this like flirty thing and he like looked over and like gave me a weird look. I was like, I never want to see okay. this person again. No, now you need to explain. How is it gross? Like I don't remember the boy how like it, sends you a flirty note and turdy goes running scared. I don't remember why it was icky, but I literally I think that was the first time I ever got the ick. Like maybe that's why I ever <laughs> I think that's why I remember it because it was like either something he wrote or like the way he passed it or the way he looked but I was just like ick goodbye but I, feel like I don't think I ever spoke to him again when you have a crush objectively so many things that they do in their day-to-day -day life because they're like you know a 13 year old boy are yeah. icky but you just see everything as like so sick that they're doing yeah no that's so true that's also just like the lens of being young so maybe you were just not that into him Perhaps it wasn't meant to be me and the foreign exchange student. It wasn't. No, because like you're not good at long distance. No, no. How would you have kept and that up? I don't know. Maybe I'd be living in Israel right now. I would have made Aliyah. <laughs> you and all your typos over WhatsApp? Oh, Never. No. And I do not <laughs> fuck with WhatsApp. I find it so to be so fucking annoying. And for some reason, my group chat with my friends from high school is on WhatsApp. I don't know why. I think maybe at one point, like not everyone had an iPhone. Like we've had the chat for like 10 years. So I don't know why the fuck it is WhatsApp. But like we've just stayed there. I literally never answer it and I never check it. It's so fucking annoying. I don't even have WhatsApp. 
But it was popping off yesterday because everyone was listening to Ben on Skinny Confidential. Oh. And my friends like really like podcasts, but they obviously don't know like to the extent freaky level that we know everything about everyone. And they were like, wait, the Bostics own Dear Media? I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's a lot to process. If you don't know, but you know Dear Media and you know the Bostics. Yeah, and you know Spritz and now Lauren and you know Skinny Confidential. It's a lot. Yeah, no. So the chat was popping off yesterday. So I spent a lot of time on WhatsApp yesterday, much to my chagrin. Speaking of your friends, I was wondering what's going on with your book club and if you've read Midnight Library yet. Okay, so we like dropped the ball in picking a new book. But I did just start reading the Midnight Library. Okay. Um, I made it 13%. Spoiler alert. She just died. And now I realize I'm just going to like go back and have to like live her life 1500 different ways, you know, because she's reading the book. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I just couldn't bring myself to keep reading. I, I, I got to 13% like a month ago when I left your house. I read it on the way home and I never picked it up again. Oh, wow. But I plan to finish it, even though people have told me like I won't like it and it's really repetitive. But yesterday I did crack open my Kindle to read Lucy Score's sequel to Things We Never Got Over, Things in Which We Hide from the Light. Things in Which We Hide from the Light that we can only see in the dark when it is no longer light in which we're hiding. And it's cute. It's not, um, it's not even close to as good as Things We Never Got Over. And to be honest, I was like disappointed when I found out who the romantic interest was going to be. Like it wasn't a new girl. It was a girl from the previous book and I like didn't even like remember her. Um, but it's good. It's cute. Like honestly, okay, I feel like this is going to be a relatable statement, like not to you, but to people who like to read spicy books. I started the book at like 8.30 and by 11.30, like they hadn't fucked yet. And I'm like, bitch, it's my motherfucking bedtime. Like, and there was a couple scenes. I'm like, oh, he asked her to spend the night because he was feeling sad. Like, okay, this is it. I'll go to bed right after this. Nope. Next day, uh, they're at this dinner party. Things are getting hot and heavy. He corners her. Nope. I went to bed. I was, my sleep takes priority, but it's like, bitch, just fuck already. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's tough. It's she really annoying. trying to like build it up. Like, you know. No, for sure. And by the way, I'm only 30% in it. I would say most romance books do not let the people start fucking until 50%. And then 50 to 75, it's fucking, 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 yeah, fucking. Yeah, because like. 75%, some drama happens where they can't see one another. By 100%, they get back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's always the lull. That's yeah. That's always corny. It's like you know that it's coming. Like something bad. Someone needs to shake that up. I like. No, it's when like she's st- been keeping him or her have been keeping a secret the whole yeah. time. And at seventy five percent, they're guilty the whole time. Seventy five percent, they find out what the secret is, and then the other person's mad for like a week. I like a book like it doesn't happen often where like the bad thing that you're expecting happens at like 40 percent then they Mm -hmm. work through it and they're back together by like 60 70 and then there's like a larger thing that they have to get through together yeah yeah to 100 it needs to be shaken up shake up Chicago for sure yeah you've got to shake it up sometimes um but speaking of books we recorded the redheads last night I heard it was I heard the redhead community is not ready for this episode. No, That's what I heard. This episode, it was so long. It's gonna stay pretty long. I'll just cut out, you know, anything I can. But we didn't wind up having like the same conversation over and over again. Um, there was so much to talk about. Like it's really philosophical. Like we get into just like obviously the meaning of life, because that's very uh congruent with the message of the book. Religion, COVID. Like just mm. all the different ways that this book could be analogous to real life. It was really crazy. So I'm really excited for everyone to listen to it. It drops on Thursday. And this, I think, is one of our most buzzy books ever. I've never gotten so many questions to my email about the book. 
And so I think it's going to be a really great episode that you guys are going to enjoy. So Thursday, it's never too late to become a redhead. And if you're not a redhead, start with this book because it cap five by 5%, you're in the book. It, oh, that's nice. It brings you right in. That's nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've definitely, I was talking to Lauren Elizabeth yesterday about how, like, I've been in such a reading lull. Like, I'm, I feel repelled by my Kindle. Like, I took my Kindle with me to Vegas. I had two six-hour flights. I didn't touch it once. Like, I, I felt, like, allergic to it. But yesterday, I finally sat back down. And I think reading this Lucy Square book will then get me back in. And I'll go back to the Midnight Library. I'm also in the middle of Mindy Kaling's um, memoir, which is not good. Which is crazy because I fucking love her. And what I love most about her is her writing. It's not even so much like her acting or her producing. It's really her writing. Um, it just feels very uh, like I'm writing a book because I just have not, nothing to say. But I, yeah. At the end of the rainbow. Yeah. So it's definitely something I want to keep on my Kindle for like, you know, if I finish a book and I'm on a plane and I don't have service, okay, I can read this memoir. I'm not going to finish it right now. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to choose it on Tuesday, you know? Ooh. I also was not feeling my Kindle. It took me three weeks to read the last book. I think maybe more, actually. The last book I was reading, The Marriage Portrait, which I hated. But then I had to pick it back up to read for the Redheads. And that's why I'm so grateful to this Redheads book because it sucked me right back in. And now I'm like, what are we reading next? Probably City of Girls. But because I wasn't reading, I've been watching, like, I've been caught up on TV, like, an episode a night. So last night I didn't read. I watched Summer House. Happy to chat about it. Though I, I don't feel as strongly as I did the last two weeks. So I watched it this morning because I know that you watched it. So we'll do a little TV recap. I've also been not watching a lot of TV, but I have been like, you know, investing time into this Murdoch, Murdoch. Right. If you want to recap it, I have to take my headphones off because I will be watching it. Okay. Well, it's not like a spoiler because it's happening right now. It's literally a spoiler for me because I don't know anything. Anything. Okay. Take your headphones off. I have like three thoughts I want to share. Bye-bye. Okay. So... I watched a documentary and now I've been like keeping up with the trial. Obviously that freak did it. But to be completely honest, to be completely honest, uh, my initial thought when watching the documentary, and I know this is like, no, I mean when watching the trial and I know this is like not what it's about, but like my God, Alec Murdaugh and his son Buster are two of the ugliest fucking people I've ever seen in my life, like inside and outside. The fact that like their whole family has been like murdering people in this small town for many years, especially like so many, so many so many things about the documentary that aren't even being spoken about are making me so sad. Like, obviously, right now he's on trial for the murder of his wife and his son. But, like, Ma- Mallory Beach, devastating. Stephen Smith, devastating. The housekeeper, not them literally, like, making money, like, planning to kill this woman so that they can get $4 million from insurance. There's so many th- parts of this documentary and this whole story that are so layered. But I cannot get past the way people pronounce his name. Okay, it's Alex, A-L-E-X. Everyone was calling him Alec, which is just incorrect because there's an X. But also because they're Southern, they were calling him like Alec. And it's just, like I felt so confused during the documentary because I'm like, who the fuck are they talking about? Um, I did feel very conflicted when it came to Paul. Like I couldn't tell if he was like really evil or not. Like what he, what he did the night of Mallory's thing was so horrible and so unforgivable. But like when you learn the background, he was like from this really fucked up family. And it seemed like maybe he was the only one with a conscience. And he drank so much to deal with that. Like knowing that his family up until this point, they killed Gloria. They killed uh, Stephen Smith. Like, I don't know. I feel conflicted about Paul because I'm so angry when I was watching the Mallory Beach thing. Like the way the family covered it up and his brother towed the boat, even though it was a crime scene and nobody cared from the Murdoch family if Mallory was alive. Like to me, Mallory was such a, a tragedy um, and it was Paul's fault. So that was like a, an interesting balance to work through. But 
I don't really feel like Alec, what I've been like seeing from the trial, I don't really feel like he's going to get convicted because at this point, like the most damning evidence is the Snapchat video. Uh, what's so crazy is all the Snapchats in the documentary. There were so many Snapchats. I watched a Netflix documentary, by the way, not the Hulu one. Um, so they have this video, even though Paul said he was visiting his parents the hour before he came home and found his wife and son murdered, they have this video of him clearly at the property by the kennels, like exactly where they were found. So while that's really damning, it's not concrete proof. Um, and he admitted to lying, saying he was not visiting his parents. Uh, he just like lied and then decided to run with it. I don't know why. Um, so while that also all makes him look really, really guilty, there's no like DNA. There's no, and honestly, like as an outsider, we're all like, oh my God, he's obviously guilty. But when you get on the jury, I feel like they play with your emotions. Like I could see some of these jury members like not like buying, I could see a lot of them buying what he's selling because he's getting on the stand and he's crying, crying, crying. Um, but what's so crazy, and I read this in the Daily Mail yesterday, I just feel like the type of family that they were, where it's like they had law enforcement in their pockets and they ran this town. I feel like that shit only happens in movies. Like I didn't think that was actually a thing, but with this family, it was. Like they really did own law enforcement, the courts, so much so that the courtroom that they're currently being tried in had a portrait of Alec Murdaugh's grandfather who started this whole thing, had a portrait of him. It had to be taken down for obvious reasons, but like that's how deep this goes. And I just didn't think shit like that really existed. Like I really thought that was stuff that only happened in like books and movies. Um, so that was interesting. I also found a lot of the dynamics in the documentary about the different kids, you know, like uh, Miley and Morgan and Anthony, Mallory's girlfriend and Connor, the one who they tried to frame. I found those dynamics to be really interesting. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think it's very clear whether he's like going to be convicted or not. Um, I obviously think he did that shit. And my God, this was just like my first thought when I watched a documentary, when I was seeing Buster and Alec, I'm like, this is the big swindling, you know, high rolling. These people look like fucking clowns. Like that was my first thought. All right, Jax, I'm done. Look alive. I'm done. Put your headphones back on. She's coming. Being slow. Take longer. Hello, you hear me now? Turdy. Okay, so I gave my recap. Once you watch a doc, I'd love to get your thoughts. Of course. I just got to carve out some time. And we'll do a summer house recap at the end. I did watch as well. Great. Great. Okay, good. If that's all. I believe it is all we need to share before we dive in to the Fast Five stories that you need to know. And the Fast Five stories that uh, you need to know are brought to you by Caraway, Jackie's absolute <gasps> favorite. My favorite. It was on my story. It's on my stories every night that and every day I show myself cooking, but I was using it last night. And every time I use it, I am just marveled at the science of the nonstick while also not having toxic chemicals because for a while we all used nonstick pans and then we found out that they were toxic and terrible for us but caraway gives us all the ease of nonstick with none of the toxins it's so gorgeous and you gotta get it get to cook in with the non-toxic kitchenware so you can ditch the chemicals and make healthier cooking that's a piece right. of cake that's what I said. with our exclusive discount you can now save on the full suite of caraway products including food storage the tea kettle the mini cookware tea kettle. their internet their internet famous cookware set is a staple from any home and it comes in multiple colors to fit with any design aesthetic. Their non-toxic kitchenwares are all designed for the modern home and they feature a chemical-free ceramic coating. Food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard-to-pronounce chemical compound is going to leach into your healthy ingredients. That's what I said. All sets come equipped with easy access storage solutions so that no stacking is required. Gone are the days of misplacing your lids. Turdy, that's so what you need for your chili and you won't be yeah. covered in I actually, plastic. We, we made the chili in carrot. Away, but we stored it 
not in Caraway, and that's why I got screwed. That's why she got screwed. Visit carawayhome.com slash toast10 to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to our listeners, so visit carawayhome.com slash toast10 or just use code toast10 at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Today's episode is also brought to you by Seed. Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic is a plant-based prebiotic and probiotic with 24 strain that have been clinically and or scientifically studied for its benefits. So their symbiotic is free from 14 classes of allergens It's defined uh, that are defined by the EFSA. So whatever reason you want to start nurturing your gut microbiome, there are so many. It's important to support your resilient immune system, especially in the fall and winter months. Immunity is on the top of everyone's mind, but what often gets missed in the oversaturation of anti-cold and anti-flu messaging is the role that your gut microbiome plays in your health. So take two of these capsules once a day on an empty stomach. So it can be the first thing in the morning, 30 minutes before your first meal. It is engineered to survive your external and internal environments. So they're capsule and capsule via cap safeguards, viability, ensure viability through digestion for delivery of an average of 100% of their probiotic starting dose to your colon. The outer capsule also serves as an elegant barrier to oxygen, moisture, and heat. So there's no refrigeration necessary. So here are some of the benefits. Obviously, digestive health, you know, BSDs. We love a big soft duty over here. It also has a lot of uh, skin benefits, like for your skin health. They have four specific probiotic strains that have been shown to promote healthy skin and reinforce a healthy gut skin access. Also, heart health is another benefit. It maintains the blood cholesterol levels already in the normal range and it supports healthy intestinal recycling of cholesterol and bile. So avoid gut mania and head to the trusted sources for symbiotics. Start a healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash toast and use code toast to redeem 20% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed, S-E-E-D dot com slash toast and use code toast, T-O-A-S-T. Thank you, Turdy. Two great sponsors today. Love them both. Uh, you love to see it. Our first story, some romance news that we have to dissect down to the studs. Sean Mendez and Sabrina oh Carpenter God, step out together amid dating rumors. Sean Mendez was spotted out and about with Sabrina Carpenter on Saturday amid rumors that they had been seeing each other romantically. The couple looked smitten as they embraced the cooler weather in L.A. while out running errands together. Sean donned a pair of blue corduroy pants and a white t-shirt and a shirling line jacket for the outing, while Sabrina kept things casual in an oversized black sweatsuit and sneakers. Yeah, I will say, like, I'm obsessed, but her outfit, like, does make me feel like this is not a romantic thing. Because it would, it would have to be early, and you only start dressing like the way she's dressing when you're 10 years married. Like, that's literally the okay. only thing that's making me like it's a perfect couple. It Agreed. is the perfect you know what? couple. I have the opposite opinion. The her okay. outfit is the only thing making me think that maybe this is real and not just PR because if mm. it was PR, obviously they knew the, that the paparazzi were going. I feel like every relationship that John Mendez is in except eventually I did believe him and Camilla were real because yeah, they were together for 20 years. Um Every relationship that he's in, especially when he's like spotted and in this stage, like it's always PR with Shawn Mendes. It just always so is. So true. And he's such a great PR boyfriend because he's so successful and he's so cute and handsome. And like, okay, I'll go out to lunch with Shawn Mendes for a couple more Instagram followers. Why not? Okay, I'll go to the Met Gala with Shawn Mendes and pretend to be dating. That was fucking weird. Right. So, and I think Sabrina Carpenter is definitely in her PR era. Like, I don't think she's above this right now. I don't think she's below no. this right now. Like, she's perfect. And for why it. not? Coffee with Shawn Mendes. 
get a couple pics taken, get a little buzz. Oh, worst case scenario, we fall in love. Like, I think this is beautiful. The publicists, they they did amazing here. They really did. But I agree. If she knew that they were stepping out just to get photographed, I think she would have dressed a little more polished. So I think maybe there's a chance it's real. I pray. Yeah, I, mean, I love this. I, you could only I pray. love this for both of them. Like I think for him, I love Sabrina Carpenter. I think she's like extremely talented, really beautiful. I think she's got a great personality. Like I think he's, she's a great girl for him. And for her, I love this because up until this point, her romantic narrative has been this dumb fucking teenage love triangle between Joshua Bassett, Olivia Rodrigo, where she really did not come out on top. Like she got dragged. So the fact that she could end this whole saga dating literally the most eligible man in the world. I don't know who I love this more for her or him. I really hope that they can find some common ground and, and stay together for a while. And even if this is PR, I hope we get more than just this and we get like events you know, red carpet. I want to see full Same. looks. I, I want to see Instagram pics. Like, keep going with it. This is so gorgeous and fun and harmless. That's why I love a PR relationship. It's really harmless. Agreed. And it's only harmless if it's, like, fraudulent and we got ourselves, like, so invested. But I'm going into this with a shrewd eye because I've been burned before. Yeah, no, but I'm obsessed and it's like if he kind of is similar vibes to Joshua Bassett except just like on a bigger level not at all no Claudia if aliens came down they couldn't tell the two apart no I think especially like personality wise I think not at all okay from my older person's perch where I don't know their personalities Wrong. like they're both Wrong. like handsome brunette teeny bopping they singers they literally they literally couldn't be more different I feel like Sean Mendes is such like an alpha and I think Joshua Bassett's like a beta. I don't know. Sean Joshua Mendes Bassett looks like alpha. he's in the. Joshua Bassett looks like he's in the tenth grade. Okay, and Sean Mendes looks like he's a senior. But they go yeah. to the same Thank high school. Thank you. And proving my point. They go to the same high proving school my point. and they take the same classes. So, like I said, proving my point. Like Joshua Bassett never. on a bigger level. No, I don't. I just I don't agree with the comparison whatsoever. Okay. Agree to disagree. Like, it's not a total deviation for her. Okay, in terms of, like, hair color, sure. And career, and, like, just... Oh, please, the careers couldn't be more different. Career interests, Wenchie. Joshua Bassett wishes. You're really being complimentary yeah, to Joshua, Joshua Bassett, Bassett right now. Yeah, Joshua Bassett wishes. But, like, Shawn Mendes is, like, you know, what he aspires to be. So she just, like, took, you know, she's in... When you order it online versus when it comes in the mail. Sure, sure, sure. I'm just saying, like... What was I saying? That it's not like a big leap, I think? No, that it's... I don't know what I was saying. Okay. That he's her type? That makes two of us. That he's her type. I don't know where what I said like five minutes ago, but maybe that just that he's her type. Like curly-headed singers. Yeah, like... I understand what you're saying, but I think they're so different. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm praying, you know, I'll keep these two in my thoughts, that they stay... If it's PR, that they stay doing this. And if it's real, that they stay doing this. Either way, stay doing this. Wait, this is so random. But did you see, like, over the weekend, Sabrina, you definitely didn't see this. Sabrina Carpenter, like, got herself in, like, a little bit of, like, drama. What's the drama? So she did the BBC Live Lounge. You know that thing where, like, you cover other people's songs? Yeah. Or, or you sing your own songs and it's, like, really stripped down? Yeah. So she has a song 
I think it's called Nonsense. Those who wanna wear your clothes a pop quiz. You know that one? No. Oh, it's like gone viral. And it's like really big. And whenever she performs it live at the very end, she there's like a, there's a, ver- it's not a verse, but like she like talks, sings at the end of the song. Your favorite. Yeah. And wherever she goes, she changes it. Because when she's in New York, she's like, I'm in New York. I love New York City. Like whatever. You know what I mean? Okay. And so for the BBC performance, she's like, I am doing, it's a BBBC. And then she said like, I'm in America where I'm from, BBC stands for something different. What does it stand for? I think what she meant was <laughs> Big Black Cock. No. Yeah, I'm like fairly certain. And so like the video got taken down. <laughs> like what? it was deemed inappropriate by BBC. Oh my God. But like, like when- I don't think that I, I never got confirmation. That's what she meant. But like what else could it have meant? Okay, I'm on. I just searched BBC Urban Dictionary. Obviously yeah. for a British broadcasting company. Next, Bitches Be Crazy. Next, Big Black Cock. I, I believe that's what she was referring to, and that's why it was taken down for, like, it said inappropriate whatever. But I was like, okay, Sabrina Carpenter out here being wild. Like, I, I just didn't expect that from a Disney queen. That's so, like, interesting. And do you really think that's what she meant? I don't know, but now we're all talking about Shawn Mendes. Like, maybe this is, like, an actual PR thing. So the, Because this BBC thing like, didn't really blow up. But I'm a freak who saw it. That is hysterical. Yeah. Um, okay, go Sabrina. She's really doing, like, she's being so awesome right now. And she's firing on all cylinders. Fashion, music, touring, Instagram Glam. pictures. Like, it's just a joy to follow her. I agree. I really, I really, I'm like in my Sabrina era. I was, I've been in my Sabrina era for like seven years. And finally, this is like something that I love that's that's paying off. You know, it usually goes the opposite way for me. Little mix, yeah. dissolved, shows canceled. Sabrina's. Anyone Jackie loves, like, ultimately, like, gets canceled. Stalls. Oh, gets, gets canceled, for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, they're, like, either they get canceled, their show gets canceled, their career ends, something. Like, just know, if you're a celebrity and my sister, Jackie, is a fan of yours, like, your career is going nowhere. It's so true. It's the kiss of death when Jackie O becomes obsessed with you. It's so true. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just... It's not me being, it's not like I'm a curse. It's just like, I like things that have no place in our culture. Maybe you have bad taste. <laughs> no, I, but I don't think like the culture is filled with good taste. So I, I would just agree with that. We're incongruous. That's fair. You're loving the congruent incongruous today. I told you it's always a word of the week here at yeah. the toast. And yeah. I think being congruent or incongruent it's germane to my situation. It's a gorgeous word. I really, I like it. No, because uh, uh, I, I like, like it. it. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready for our next story? Some happy news. Yes. Kiki Palmer gives birth. Welcome to her first baby, a boy with her boyfriend, Darius Jackson. Kiki Palmer and Darius Jackson's first baby has arrived. The actress gave I birth. I wish she named her baby True. Of course, everyone did. But instead, they named him Leotis and Drelton Jackson, lovingly nicknamed Leo. Cute. And they, uh, she gave birth on Saturday. I also loved her announcement. Like, no muss, no fuss. Mom, baby. We got baby gender. name. We got gender. We got a picture of the baby in the hospital. She didn't, you know, no drama. No, she's not one for drama. No, I love her. I'm so happy for her. So happy for her. I hope she enjoys this time. You know what time I've been enjoying? Speaking of new mamas. Mm. 
Molly May. I told you you would. The way Molly May took over my day. Oh, did she? What can I say? I love it, Molly May. Except you're welcome. So also just a quick update from yesterday since we were like still kind of learning. Molly May and Tommy Fury are not married. So I said that they were married. They have a baby together and they're like in a relationship. They're just not married. Um, and Tommy's boxing career. He went on Love Island as the brother of a very famous boxer. So he's Jordan Rogers. Yeah, right. Exactly. Except then it would be like if Jordan Rogers then went into football and had a pretty good career. Yeah. So Love Island and was like were, a great and, career and Jordan, boost for him. And Jordan and Aaron still spoke. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's so, still so weird. So weird. But that's, I, I'm obsessed. I actually, I don't know if I will. I don't know if I have the time, but I'm interested in watching their season of Love Island now, especially because like Love Island UK is amazing. And I know that if I watched it, like I would be obsessed. I just like don't have the bandwidth to become obsessed with something else. I know. But- I have the bandwidth to become obsessed with a couple that I follow on Instagram and then just want to do a deep dive on. I know. And you could like skip through the other parts. Oh, yeah. The other people. Yeah. Irrelevant. Except like apparently her best friend, Mora, who was the one who filmed the video of Molly in bed, like waiting to hear the result of the fight, is from Love Island. Mm. So female That's friendship. Cute. That's we cute. Love it. We yeah. love. Love. What was the story? Oh, Kiki Palmer. I'm so happy for her. I feel like she's also so funny. And I think she'd have like a really fresh take on motherhood and like I, mm-hmm. I look forward to the content and the interviews because she's just so funny yeah and she's very honest so yeah. I feel like she'll be able to relate to a lot of women out there I agree and a lot of women will be able to relate to her yeah are you ready for our next story mm-hmm. Chris Rock will finally hit back at Will Smith's Oscar slap and first ever live stream Netflix spe- stand-up mm. special a week before the Academy Awards after maintaining the silence for nearly a year. So Chris Rock will finally address the slap nearly a year later as he prepares for his upcoming Netflix special. The show, which is titled Chris Rock Selective Outrage, will be the first ever live stream broadcast by the streaming service when it airs on March 4th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's exciting. That's he will very also, cool. Very cool. He will also be joined by Amy Schumer, Jerry Seinfeld, and Leslie Jones during the performance. A source told Page Six, if you were waiting to see Chris on tour address the infamous Will Smith slap situation, the comedian is waiting to spill his humorous take on it in his live Netflix special. I feel like from like a PR standpoint, they're like pushing that he's going to be talking. I feel like he's going to talk about it very little, honestly. Like very, I, just think they're oh, us- yeah. I think they're using it as like clickbait, but it sounds like it's like a full Netflix like festival. Like there's other enormous comedians. I don't know. I just feel like they're using it as clickbait and it's like not going to be that much. No, like maybe- it's his special because it's Chris Rock's selective outrage. I think he brings okay. on other people. I think it's what he's been touring with for the last year. And so he's doing his set, which included stuff about the Chris uh, the Will Smith slap and that will be in there if you want to hear him talk about it I don't think it's going to be start to finish just like his thoughts on the slap I think there'll be a couple jokes about it and we'll move on because I think that's how pe- most people feel about it and I'm sure Chris in particular he's doing this historic first live, live. Netflix show he's not going to spend the whole time talking about it yeah I do like the title me too because selective outrage is real very um I'm I think I want to watch this I'm sure you'll be able to watch it if you can't catch it live right like yeah, I'm sure it'll be on Netflix after. I wonder, I mean, it's so cool to do something live, but like why do it live when you can, you know, record it and edit it and make it perfect? I think when you're at like the top of your game, like Chris Rock, like you get the opportunity to like do things for the first time that nobody's done. Like you want to do it. You want to challenge yourself. And I'm sure Netflix pays, pays you more. Yeah. 
this could be a, a cool trend because now I'm like, I want to set my alarm 930 March 4th. Like I'll be there. A live event with no commercials. Mm. That's cool. I like that. And it's kind of something that we could all be a part of. You know, it's been a while since we all watched the same thing at the same time. It's been, no, the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. And that, and how fun was that, Turdy? Oh my God, I, I talked, we talked about it for days on end. Like I miss it. Take me back. I, I seriously miss it. You saw Kylie Kelsey had her baby, like not even close to the oh. date of the Super Bowl. No, I didn't even see that. I think it was like two weeks later. So cute. So cute. And this weekend is Travis Kelsey and Kelsey Ballerini on SNL. Another event that we can all come together for. Yes. yes. Country girlies and football fans. It's kind of like us. Yeah, pretty much. I'm excited for that. I should. Uh, yeah. Okay. I not, hope that I Kelsey, had, not that I had plans, but I'll keep myself available. I hope Kelsey, uh, is it a sketch? I hope so too. SNL's on too late for me. I'll be it's watching so it on late. Sunday. It's, it's so, so late. I used to wait up sometimes, but no. Because it's, so it's like, late. I don't even, I couldn't get to the start time, let alone watch it. Right. No, no. It's like 1135 cannot come fast enough. Yeah. So I'll catch it on Sunday. I'm excited. And you know, when I was on tour, I actually remember I was in, I don't know where I was, but I was in central time. So I had it Saturday. Was more humane. I was after my show and I get home at like 10, 1030 and it started. I'm like, how delightful is this? I watched SNL and went to bed. Central time is low key lit. Yeah. So do people in L.A. get to watch it at 8.30? I don't know if it's live in L.A. I know it's live in Central Time. I don't know if it's live in Pacific Time. That's a weird thing about the West Coast. It's like... The Bachelor. Game of Thrones. Remember that? Right. Right. It didn't air. I'm pretty sure, like, it doesn't air. Until the time. I feel like they always say, like, 8, 7 Central, Central. Time. Right. So they, they it's live on Central and Eastern, but not on Pacific. That sucks. But I will say there's a lot of things that really rock about being on LA time mm-hmm. like award shows like we go to bed at midnight award shows they're done at eight unreal unreal also uh if you work with a lot of people in New York like you obviously you don't have to wake up at 5 a.m but like at nine they're already having lunch and then yeah, by and three technically they're done two three it's true but I people who like work serious jobs on the west coast that interface with New York do get up and start yeah. their day at 5 a.m. They do. You're right. Yeah, and they go to sleep at like 7 o'clock. That sucks. It's crazy. It's crazy. Time but is so then they interesting. Have the whole afternoon surfs up, man. You know? Surfs up. It's just a different lifestyle. I wish I could be someone who could wake up early. That's why I'll never be a true success. No. Because I can't wake up earlier than I absolutely have to. I actually don't agree with that. And... I don't know if you remember this, but I've seen this clip go viral like a thousand times when Elon Musk was on Joe Rogan and they were talking about sleep. Joe was like, how many hours of sleep do you get? And Elon's like seven, like, you know, and Joe's like, oh, you don't like wake up at four and like, you know, do an eight hour regimen before. And he's like, no, like I tried that whole thing, like getting less sleep. And it's like, okay, yeah, you have more hours in the day, but you're functioning moronically. Like people need sleep. And hearing it come from someone who's like the richest, most successful, I was like, okay, good. Because I want to be successful and I, I, I feel like I am successful and I try and work as much as I can. But like, bitch, I'm fucking going to sleep and I'm not waking up at five. But what time does Elon wake up? Because like he had seven hours of sleep because he goes to bed at 10 and wakes up at five. No, it wasn't crazy. Like he set his schedule and it was fucking normal. But then it's like, you ever read those articles? Mark Wahlberg gets up at four, does a workout, has breakfast, does a workout again, showers, prays, and then start his day. 
Yeah, no, I was just listening to Kevin O'Leary talk about his morning. He gets up at 5, 4.45, I'm sorry. Like, but it's not because he's like pushing himself to, just like some people wake up early. Like, I, I can't relate. I seriously Okay, can't. some people wake up early, but also there is that like toxic hustle culture where it's like, you are not achieving your highest level of productivity if you wake up before six, after six. Like, bitch, I don't fucking believe that. No, I don't believe that either. But I also, you know, numbers are numbers. If I had more hours in the day, like- if I was but you up, might be functioning at a lower level of productivity. Level. I know, but I've also found that no matter how much sleep I get, a gorgeous amount or a little amount, like it's true. I'm just a tired bitch. I know. I would love to do like a full sleep study done on myself. Like I feel like I get a lot of sleep. I always feel like crap. I always wake up feeling like I've actually been hit by a truck. I would love, I don't know if that's like a thing, but like I would love to be studied, you know? They should study you. 100%. You never met a bitch who gets more sleep. Is it too much sleep? I do believe that at, at one point, yes, I was getting too much sleep. Like, because really, um, I would try and wake up as late as possible for the toast. Mm -hmm. So I was getting like 10 hours every night. Beautiful. And, and now, and I really wasn't feeling good. Now I'm in a place where I wake, I like to wake up now earlier for the toast. I'm not rushed. I take it slow. I can watch Summer House before like if I didn't get you know I could just catch up on stuff um and now I'm getting about eight and it feels it on it does feel better yeah I get about eight my sleep the past few days has been crap uh I'm having like a sleep issue I don't know how to physically sleep without fucking up my back the way I sleep my shoulders are at my mouth like I sleep like that's crazy. Very, very like my one arm goes under my pillow. I sleep on my side. One arm's under my pillow, so my shoulders up, and the other arm covers my mouth. And then I are you wake on your up back side? Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, how actually, do I relax I, my shoulders? I literally don't know how, but like my where back, is my, your head? Where is your head? Um, on my pillow, and my arm is under my pillow. Okay, so I actually experienced something a few years ago that totally changed my sleep. Because, and a lot of people do it, basically putting the weight of their head on their arms and shoulders. Your head weighs like 25 pounds. Okay. And I woke up one morning with such a broken arm for weeks. It never went away until I really, like I Googled it. I was like, oh my God, I do. Putting that much weight on your arms for eight hours is bad. Like you really cannot put your head, you, you have to think about the weight of your head. It's really bad for you. Okay. So how do I sleep? I don't know, put your arms down, bitch. I literally, like, I try and put my shoulders down, and I I literally can't. Like, I live perpetually with my shoulders at my ears. Like, that's, that's just not good. how I am. That's you how I carry holding myself. A, a lot of tension. And you know what I'm really struggling I'm with? I'm a lot of tension. I would love, love somebody to help me with this so I don't have to go to the doctor. I have the craziest fucking tension in my jaw. Like, I wake up clenched. <laughs> and now it's to the point where throughout the day, like right now, I'm holding so much tension in my bottom teeth. I'm, I'm dying to bite down. Like, it's, it's literally a 24-7 thing now. Yeah, sometimes when I'm going to sleep, I had to unclench my jaw. Um, I forget, my teeth were grinding. So I, it was something I, and sometimes when I'm going to sleep, I like think about my jaw and I just open my mouth. And it's like, oh my God, calm down. I know, but you get so used to clenching because you don't want to smell your own breath. Oh, that's not why I clench. That's why I clench. Wait, how do you smell your own breath? Like, I don't want to be breathing. Keep that mouth shut. You should tape your mouth. That's what Lauren Bostick does. I've actually been thinking about doing that. I don't know. I think that would cause more clenching for me. I need to open my mouth and let the spiders in. 
No, but you're if you're also <laughs> an open mouth sleeper, it's real. That's why you wake up with like a dry throat or like a sore throat. I really I need know. to close my mouth. But here's the thing: it's like you close your mouth, you got jaw tension, TMJ. You open your mouth, you got a dry throat. There's no fucking winning anywhere. No, so true. Everything need, is that, problematic. Bringing me back to my point, I need a sleep study. I need I need a sleep like diagram to show me healthy ways to sleep where I won't feel like I was before I got out of bed yesterday I was sitting on the edge of my bed like you know how old people like sit on the bed yeah, at the edge yeah. before they get up and then they like get up with every limb that yeah, was me yeah. and like now when I get out of bed I have to like I have like creaks I got yeah. creaks Claude. you're crickety cracking crickety cracking so that's something that's I've noticed so about myself that I'm working on okay good are you ready for our next story if it's the story that's brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you it know is. how much your subscriptions cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month in subscriptions when the actual cost is closer to $200. If you don't exactly know how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought just to watch one show, that free trial you you never even used rocket money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones that you do not want simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel rocket money will cancel it for you there's no long hold times with customer service no tedious emailing back and forth rocket money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as the click of a button over 3 million people have used rocket money saving the average person up to 720 dollars a year okay i did it and let me tell you how depressed i was realizing <laughs> how many especially for the toast like i try all these different services like and it's so moronic and it was actually really upsetting to see it all in one place but I felt like this huge weight off of me and I feel like I love that it keeps monitoring it for me so it's not going to get to a place again where it's a million subscriptions that you don't even use stop throwing away your money cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash toast that's rocketmoney.com slash toast rocketmoney.com slash t-o-a-s-t thank you turdy you're welks. Next story. Hillary Duff explains why she didn't want to be Lizzie McGuire anymore after the breakout show ended. The Disney Channel alum admitted she really don't, didn't want to be Lizzie McGuire anymore, as cool as it was after her breakout show ended in 2004. She explained while discussing growing up in the public eye on her pal Josh Peck and Ben Soffer's Good Guys podcast, quote, for so long, people were just like, Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. And still now to this day, which it doesn't bother me anymore, but it did for a while, I just desperately needed to be my own person. I think that I thought music was going to be a good way to introduce myself, reintroduce myself, and it was. So it she was. talks about how transitioning into music helped her become more Hillary than Lizzie. And now, you know, she thinks about going back to the music department. She definitely wants to do more of that when she has the time. She thinks that she will. I just don't know. Right now, I barely have enough time to give to my three children I decided to bring into the world. Yeah. And by the way, her husband is like a big music producer. He's one of the producers on Pink's new album. Matthew Coma. So she said, like, I literally have like a genius in my house. I forgot um, she's married to Matthew Coma. I know. I thought the conversation between her and Josh about like being that like nostalgic kind of icon for young kids was really interesting because it's this never ending balance of wanting to be yourself 
but also not wanting to appear rude or ungrateful for like the impact you had on people and the opportunity that you were given. But like at one, at some point, like you have to put yourself forward. And he's like, I think that's really like something most people who like rise to fame in a, like a kid's type of way struggle with because you have your whole life ahead of you and you want to have a career with different roles and opportunities but if everybody's always thinking of you as this one thing it can be so limiting so you want to shake it off but then you can appear to be like you know ungrateful and almost like um what's the word I'm looking for with an r resentful yeah so it was a really it was a very good like healthy conversation and like very honest yeah and I feel like like even looking back on it like she did such a good job of transitioning out of Lizzie but I do remember there being a small period and not as big as you know Hannah to Miley, which I feel like took many years. There was like a small period where she's like, I'm not Lizzie. And yeah. but Hillary stuck really quickly because she had some really great roles. She put out really great music and we're like, it's the season of Hillary. Also, what she said was interesting was that they only filmed Lizzie McGuire for two years because they filmed it's only two seasons, but they did 30 episodes every season. And then Disney, at their own discretion, would release them. So for her, it was two years of her life, but it took much longer to release. So she's like, I'm being like known for this thing that wasn't even a big part of my life. Like I did this for two years, even though for us, it was like five. Yeah. Um, also, what I thought was really interesting is like she considers like the scary part of her career. Excuse me, I have to sneeze. No, I don't. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, before she booked younger to have been like this kind of like questionable. She was like, I didn't know if I would ever work again. Like I was like, I kind of took a break to have kids. And then like when I was ready to come back, it wasn't like it was before. And I don't even think of that, but I guess, yeah. Like what was she doing before younger? I No, I do think of that. Even when we were talking at the top of the show, the way that I remember it is like, she joined the show younger when we were working at AOL. They all, the whole cast like came to do that interview, and I remember mm -hmm. being like, "It was kind of weird that Hillary Duff was joining this like random new show." Like, yeah, fun on fact: Land. Hillary Duff is on it. I feel like the success of Younger though really propelled her forward. If Younger had kind of stalled and like not been as big of a show as it was, which it's very possible it was on TV Land. Like, no, it was not meant to be successful. Like, why the fuck was it on TV Land? It was not meant to be as successful as it was. Yeah. Um, I think that that gave her like a whole new renewed career. But if I thought about it long enough, I like I would have come to the same conclusion that that was really the kind of lull in her career. Now it makes sense. She was having her kids and she came back and I remember feeling like, oh, Hillary Duff is on this show. Hmm. Yeah. But it turned out to be such an amazing show and she was so great on it that it's she just was. been like a rocket ship since there. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was I, I just I, I never really put in perspective how like that was like a huge thing for her. I thought she was doing them a favor. Yeah, no, it was mutually risky. Yeah. I got to listen to the whole episode because the clips that I've seen are awesome. She sounds Watch so... It. She's so pretty. Oh my God. You have, like, she looks so good. And she just has like, such a nice voice to listen to. Yeah, and she like really thought Ben and Josh were like psychotic. Like it was really funny to watch. She's very mellow. Yeah. They are not. They oh. are not. I don't want to spoil like a million things from the episode, but Josh shared like kind of a crazy fucking fact. I'm listening. Did you know that at one point Josh Peck was invited to the Met Gala and he didn't go? Why was he invited and why didn't he go? He didn't elaborate. He just says like his, it's one of the things his wife never lets him live down. When was he invited? Years ago. Like Drake and Josh? No, 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 no. Like how many years? He didn't say. 
And why didn't he go? He didn't say either. Okay, now I have to listen, even though he didn't say. They have to do a follow-up episode, like, just yeah, about that. just about Josh and the Met Gala. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Because Hillary was saying how she got invited this year to Vanity Fair Oscar party, which is, like, she's, like, basically saying she's in this, like, great season because, like, Laura calls you. And Josh was like, wow, I've never gotten invited to that, but I did get invited to the Met Gala. Ah. That Vanity yeah, Fair really, party is cool. Yeah, very cool. Very prestigious. Yeah, cool pictures. Totally. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Yeah. Because Tom Brady's kind of coming for Turdy's throat. For Turdy's throat? For Turdy's throat. What is he doing now? Tom Brady is trying to launch a career as a comic in a last-ditch effort to win his ex-wife Giselle back. Now, I just want to say, this is coming from the Daily Mail that is getting it from Radar Online. But apparently, Tom Brady's inner circle is apparently trying to talk him out of an attempt to launch a career in stand-up comedy to win back his ex-wife Giselle. According- I thought he has a new girlfriend. Why would he want Giselle back? I don't know. Not They're saying that he's trying to get Giselle back. He has a deal for ESPN or Fox Sports, a deal, a 10-year yeah. deal that he put on pause for $375 million. Um, oh, my God. That he hasn't, like, picking up yet. He said he wants a break from football. Okay. Rumors. These are all the rumors that they're yeah. saying. That he wants a break from football in order to win back Giselle. And I guess she'll be attracted to him if he's a comedian instead. Um, Honestly, if he's good, maybe she'll be attracted to him. But if he's bad, she'll get the ick on another level. Yeah. This seems like uh, inconceivable. So according to Radar Online, the recently retired quarterback wants to try his hand as a comic in a last-ditch attempt to reunite with his supermodel ex. They divorced last October following 13 years of marriage that coincided with his decision to unretire. But Tom's people are not encouraging his new path. A source is quoted by... Radar Online is saying, Tom was a terrific quarterback, but he needs to toss this idea before it's too late. As a comic, he's strictly a water boy. But that said, there were some compliments for his sense of humor. Apparently, quote, he does a great impression of former teammate Rob Gronkowski, and his over-the-top Boston accent is hilarious. Honestly, um, I don't think one part of this story is true, but let's entertain (laughs) it for a minute. But it's like, where did this? This is so unbelievable. Like, and it's I so don't inconceivable. Think it's true. Where the fuck did it come from? I don't know. And I'm sure you know if Tom Brady wanted to, like, he could really probably meet with the best of the best. You know, get a get a lesson in in comedy from Jerry Seinfeld, like literally whoever he wanted. But at the end of the day, and let's just say this is true. Like at the end of the day, stand up comedy is like either something you have or you don't have. You can get better, and you can improve your skills but if you don't have it you're never gonna have it um and I feel like Tom Brady doesn't have it because he has it when it comes to football you can't have and I'm sorry it all. you can't have it all you can't no. have it all I agree with that I don't know where this is coming from like the fact that it's even here like makes me consider it because like no I know because it's so random of all the things he could try his hand at I, in a million years I would never guess comedy I thought, like, honestly, I could see him, honestly, trying to be, like, a pro golfer. Honestly, I could see that. Yeah, or, like, wanting to host SNL and do stand-up monologue, and, like, that's him trying his hand at stand-up. Kind of like when Kim, or like, you know, acting. she got all the people, the fellow comedians to give her some tips, and, and yeah. she gave it a shot. What? There's no way he's, you know, going to the comedy cellar, open mic night. There's just no fucking no. way. No, oh, my God, stop. I actually would love to see that, though. Imagine he comes out and he's fucking hysterical. 
I, that no, it's impossible. That's just like it's impossible. Not, you don't get that many cards. It's not how the world excellence. works. It's not how God works. No, I don't know. No. But there are some people who are like just excel, multi talented. Yeah. Hello, dirty, dirty, triple threat, comedy singer, dancer, model. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, we'll keep an eye out for that one. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Summer House. You and I both watched the new episode last night. Carl and Lindsay were not in it. And honestly, like it was a little boring. Yep. It was because they're the whole show. They're the whole show. I will say I did see Danielle's side a little bit more. However, I also watched her on Watch It Happens Live. And so it, her and Lindsay are no longer friends, which is so crazy. So crazy. It made me really sad, even though up until, you know, last week, I didn't care about their friendship. But... They, she spoke about Lindsay with respect, so nothing really crazy happened, I felt. But it just made me sad. Like, I want their friendship back. Danielle was such a good friend to her. I know. I'm dying to know what happens. I do believe it happens on camera, so. Yeah, and it happens this summer because based on – I watched the first uh, – Watch What Happens Live up until the first commercial break, which I actually really enjoyed. I thought Gabby so was so I. great. I liked her so much more on Watch What Happens Live than I like her on the show. Like, Agreed. even when she was talking about horoscopes, when she talks about them on the show, I'm like – I roll. I don't care. But she was being like really funny about them in Watch What Happens Live. And the fact that she knew like all the celebrities and what their signs are. I'm like, this girl is like, this is her thing. Like, and I think that's cool. Even if it's not something I would choose to spend my time studying. Like, she really came off awesome. I completely agree. I liked her so much. I kind of like found myself like being like rubbed the wrong way when it came to Danielle. Like, I feel like she's just like living for the fact that now everyone's talking about her for the first time in her career on this show her you know narrative is not being Lindsay's mouthpiece she's actually at odds with with Lindsay and I feel like she was just like eating it up like anytime she was asked like a controversial question she was like loving that she had something to say and Andy was like let's play a game now that you and Lindsay aren't friends like do you regret defending Lindsay like or do you think Lindsay like he would ask her questions do you think Lindsay was wrong here do you regret defending her here? And it was like everything. She was like, yeah, she was wrong. Yeah, I regretted it. It's like, okay, so unscrupled. Oh, interesting. I didn't get to that part because I thought the, the stuff in the first quarter of the episode was um, how you would speak about an ex-friend with respect. Like she didn't have that many regrets. A few she did where she obviously could see that she was just like blinded by her friendship, but nothing crazy. Who knows? Um, other than that, like it was actually quite a boring episode and I feel like it made a great case for Carl and Lindsay. Yeah, they're the whole show. They're the whole show. Like that tea party was boring as fuck. Why are there literally two guys in this house? I don't know. And all the girls are single. Like why aren't we taking the opportunity to try and find love here? It's so, and one of the guys is married. Right. And the other one can't get arrested. Right. And everyone like flirts with him but doesn't actually like him. Yeah, and they just have these like random guys coming in the house who we don't know. Yeah. Like make them, uh, uh, make them in the house. That guy, the boxer, he was cute as fuck. Like, let him be a castmate. Yeah. And the, the, uh, Chris's friend, Rob, throw him in the house. Yeah. Literally yeah. anyone. Just some guys, throw them in. Throw them in. And you saw Maya and Oliver are broken up. Yes. And so are Robert and Danielle. Well, that I knew. And I that didn't makes know that. me sad because they've been together a really long time. Me too. But I didn't know Maya and Oliver were broken up until this morning. And again, just the way that all the girls, the, the, Girls and the guys like behave on the show in their relationships outside of Carl and Lindsay. I just find like so like 
kind of not sh- serious. So not serious. Like the way they're all like, oh, that's my boyfriend. He's your boyfriend. Like, where's my boyfriend? Like everyone has like these fake affairs within the. And bre- they like never spend the night. No, and it's like, oh, Paige, uh, Maya's in love with Craig and Paige is in love with Oliver. It's like, that I don't was talk weird. with my friends like how we're fake in love with each other's boyfriends. No, that was weird. And that's how you like know that the Maya Oliver relationship wasn't serious, even though they were together for a year. And when she talked about it on Watch Happens Live last week, like it was bitter. Like they did not end well. Yeah, I saw a quote this morning that said that there were so many red flags that she didn't see. Trust the red flags. I want to know what happened. They broke up in September. So maybe something happens on the show. But she said even the way that they're acting on the show right now, like he wasn't acting with red flags. So right, right. Then you broke up a month later. I don't know. Um, I did also really like how Sam was like really into that guy. And then he did one thing she didn't like and she like didn't sleep with him. Like it was funny. I actually really like Sam. What did he do? He was just like she was dancing on the table having so much fun. And he like was just being lame. No. Okay. I agree like that she, you know, she obviously knows her mind. But I disagree with her theory that she wants someone as big and bright. Agreed. And loud as her. No, no, you don't, girl. You Let, don't you want someone to shine who, like and you don't want someone who's going to get at dance on the tables with you and like compete for attention with you like you are this like bright light you're the star Agreed. and you need someone who just like loves you and admires you and is going to be down there watching you being like oh my god I can't believe how lucky I am not someone up I there with you completely agree two like attention whores are explosive yeah no and opposites attract in all senses agreed 100% you don't want like two extremely shy people oh. together either you know what? I thought someone that that needs to send the order back to the restaurant when it's wrong. So true, Ben Soffer. <laughs> I thought that the conversation about Amanda and her birth control was so interesting. Yeah. Um, it made me so sad for her. And I obviously like I keep up with her on social media. I've seen, especially last yeah, last summer, where she looked so thin and not a commentary on her weight but almost like um like it wasn't like it was spiraling like she couldn't control it um and I feel so sad I and I hope she go, went to a doctor it's I think she's going to a doctor like in the next few weeks on the show I hope today she has like the answers that she needs as to what happened but that that was like very sad and alarming yeah and I have heard um a lot of people I know who have been on birth control for a while having this problem when they get off of it and wanting to have children. Yeah. I've not heard of this specifically. Like I've heard, you know, getting off of birth control, it's hard to regulate your period again. It could take a while to get pregnant. I've not heard of losing your period completely. Oh, I have. I really? have. Mm-hmm. That's really scary. I know. And you know what? When I was watching it this morning, it reminded me of a conversation we had on the toast last week about like things in our house that we just didn't do growing up Mm -hmm. and we grew up in like a non-birth control house yeah none of us were ever on the pill hormonal birth control yeah oh yeah so like when I would get older and like all my friends were on birth control either they had bad periods or they had boyfriends I was like oh my that's so crazy like we don't do that yeah but now that a lot of stuff has come out about birth control and I think we're at an age where people are getting off of birth control and seeing kind of what happened and then starting to evaluate why they went on it in the first place it's like oh if you're having painful periods we shouldn't cover up that pain. Like we should address why it's so painful. Like people are finding out that they have endometriosis or now just finding out that they have PCOS when they're trying Mm -hmm. to get pregnant. Like I, I think we do like, I'll have a large audience of women here. And I think that's something that people should just be aware of. And people don't realize until they get off of birth control, which is when you get off of birth control because you want to start having kids. And then you have to kind of undo a lot of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I would just consider that because that was a really sad thing to hear. I know. Oh my God. And I feel like like her voice was like cracking. Like she was so sad about it. 
Yeah. I thought it was like kind of crazy how Sam asked that question. Like she kind of like raw dog ripped the bandaid off. I I'm sure. I feel like a producer told her to. I agree. I don't think it was like a her thing, but that's kind of like, I thought we're beyond that, you know? Yeah, no, it was like kind of insulting. <laughs> yeah, but I think Amanda was ready to open up, you know, because she didn't, she could yeah. have said, she could have said, oh, we're not ready. Like, I'm just living life, you know? Yeah. So I think she maybe wanted to talk about it, but. um, Yeah, it seemed like a setup because if it wasn't, it was fucking nuts. Yeah, it just sort of came out of nowhere. Like they were asking some, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was bizarre. Yeah. Um, so again, like not a really titillating episode, but Carl and Lindsay are back next week, so it should be good. I miss them. I'm obsessed with them. I kind of am too. I'm obsessed. Like I just. They're like so unbothered. Yeah. And I also think just given how quickly they're moving in their relationship, they might have kids soon. Yeah. Because, and they kept comparing Carl and Amanda to Carl and Lindsay. And it's like, it's so fucking rude. It's like, who's going to have kids first? They said it on the show. And then they and said, I'll watch, watch what happens live. live. And it's like, especially after we just Agreed. heard what we heard about Amanda. Like, why are we playing this game on the show? Um, but Lindsay is older than Amanda. They're moving, yeah. you know, Amanda and Carl dated for how many years before they got engaged? Lindsay and Carl. Were- Amanda and Kyle. You keep saying Carl. <laughs> I think you guys know what I mean, but okay. Yeah. It's hard. Like the names are the same. Yeah, Amanda and Kyle dated for years before they got engaged. Lindsay and Carl dated for under a year and got engaged. I actually could see them having kids much sooner because they're really I serious agree. and she's older. So she's, yep. even though she had the eggs of a 20 year old. Um, yeah. But she also does want kids because she had had that pregnancy. Remember Winterhouse. Um, so it's like, it's top of mind for her. I could see it too. Yeah. So I hope that, um, I don't know. I hope they're, I hope they're, they stay together and that it's real and that like, you know, I think they will. They're toxically into each other, like for the right reasons. I agree. Um, but when they were doing the Watch Trappings Live polls last night, like, I don't think people agree with us. Like everyone, everyone, the audience I think is on team everyone, not on team Carl and Lindsay. It's easy to be on team everyone. It makes you feel good. You're like, oh, every, yeah. I'm, I'm normal. Everyone thinks like I do. So true. You so know, true. I we're understand just like, we're free. We're free thinkers. We're, I understand the impulse to just want to side with everyone. It's so much easier. We're independent thought leaders. hundred um, percent. So that's our show. It's a good one. I really enjoy talking to you, girl. I always enjoy talking to you, Turdy. And I can't wait till we end the show and we FaceTime in two seconds to talk some I more. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast of the Millennial Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places where you listen to podcasts. Find us at Toast. Leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have a great day. It's Tuesday, and we'll see you tomorrow for hump day. Bye. Love ya. Bye.